it's here, it is here, and I am so excited to share with you the things that I've learned, the things that I might not repeat again, and the things that I definitely want you to know all about the $400 laundry room reveal. What do you think? Do you think I did it? Is it possible to have a $400 budget for making change that is dramatic as can be from floor to ceiling? Literally, something was changed on the ceiling and something was changed on the floor. Can $400 be enough? This experiment I started, I'm embarrassed to say, months ago. I think it was in July. (laughs) I started in July. I did want it to be quick, but it wasn't so quick. I ran into a lot of snags. We'll get into the snags during our conversation today. But the thing that I wanted to showcase doing this for you and starting it in real time for you was so that you could see when I mention on the podcast that you don't have to have a really large budget to make your home the way that you want it to look, to make your home pleasing to you, to make changes in your home and not be bound by the restrictions that you see around you. Whatever those restrictions are, sometimes it is the carpet, sometimes it's the flooring, sometimes it is the paint color, sometimes it is the lighting, the architectural details, the dated cabinets, whatever that is, whatever that restriction is for you, that thing that sometimes holds you back from creating this environment that you love to be in, sometimes it holds you back. And changes can be made and they don't have to be exorbitantly expensive. You don't have to tear down walls in order to make those changes that will will ultimately make a room that you enjoy being in, a home that you enjoy being in. And, and so that was the whole mission behind this laundry room refresh. It wasn't just to, to showcase for you. We're going to talk about why I chose to do this room, the ins and the outs, and five things I, I took away from the project that I will be applying to every project from here on out and things I definitely want you to know about. So stick around. And before I forget, you can see the before and the after. If you go to my blog, figandfarmathome.com, or you can subscribe to my newsletter. And if you already are, make sure you check your spam folder or your junk folder. Sometimes those pesky little emails slip into there. All right. Enjoy today's show. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is, but our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget, like ramen eating, Goodwill shopping budget, and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank, and I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. I had been thinking about doing a laundry room refresh for quite a while. And in July, I finally decided this, it was going to be time. And 
I wanted to make sure that as I'm telling all of you that there is possibility in creating faces within your home that they don't have to be perfect. They don't have to be magazine worthy. They don't have to be fully colorful or fully bland. They don't have to be showcasing the newest trends. They don't have to have all of those things. But one thing I do recommend is that they reflect you. They reflect your style. They reflect your personality and they most definitely should serve your family. Your space should serve you in whatever way that is. And if that service is bringing you joy because it looks pretty because you're there every day, all day, or that service is, it is clean and functional. You can find everything easily. Or if that service is, you host a lot of people and you want to have a cozy, comfortable space where everyone feels like they're enveloped in a nice warm hug, whatever that service is for you, I hope you lean into that. And I hope that this is inspiring for you to know that you don't really have to have a second mortgage in order to make change that ultimately uh, allows you to create a space that serves you in whatever way that is. For me in the laundry room, I chose to redo the space for two reasons. One was because it was not functioning the way I needed it to. It literally was not serving me. It was making me work harder (laughs) in the way that it was laid out than I needed to, than I wanted to, than I had the time to. And it was also just plain wah-wah. I mean, it was whatever weird sound effect you want to make. I, I just did not enjoy going in there. And I spent a considerable amount of time in the laundry room. I've mentioned it before that I have three boys. They are all active in some sort of sport or another. My husband and I work out a lot and we also have a, uh, bless him, we have a geriatric diaper-wearing dog. And so there are causes for laundry all the time. We need to do laundry all the time. And the problem for me was not in doing the laundry. I'm constantly doing it. I have worked doing laundry into routines and rhythms within my within my day. And I like to say rhythm rather than a routine because it is just rhythmic. I know when I get up in the morning before I go downstairs, I put a load of laundry in. I know that after lunch, I come upstairs and I transfer laundry. It's just a rhythm of my day. This happens a couple times a day. And if I miss a day, guess what? Because of all the laundry we generate with all the people in our house and our diaper wearing dog, we have laundry. We just have a lot. And what I noticed over the course of the last year, because I don't go into projects hastily. I, I think about it. I ruminate over my idea. I plan my idea in my head first before I do it on paper. So as I was thinking about how this laundry room could serve me better, what I realized was that I did not need more dirty laundry storage. So AKA hampers and my laundry room was small. How could I utilize that space a little bit better? And also the shelf was way too high and it felt like, especially at the beginning of the summer when my white back was really wonky and I was having a really hard time with the injury, it was hard for me to reach on the top shelf to get the supplies I needed. And so I was thinking about all of those pieces together. And ultimately, I decided that what I needed the room to do for me was to be a little bit more efficient. I needed 
a shelf that was lower. I needed to have a space where I could hold laundry baskets, multiple laundry baskets for when the boys didn't have, couldn't get to folding their own laundry straight away. They fold their laundry. They've been doing it. Well, fold, I'm air quoting. What you need to know by folding is they throw it into their drawer, (laughs) but they are doing it. I'm not doing it. And I'm definitely not folding it for them just so they can then throw it in the drawer. I stopped that a long time ago. And when they start caring, they will start folding. But right now they take their clean clothes and they put them away. And that's a really great habit for them to be in. But I know they're busy just like I'm busy. And I don't expect that when I pull their laundry out of the dryer, they need to then put it away straight away. That's an unrealistic expectation. But what is realistic is our expectation that they put away any clean laundry before they get privileges like having screen time or going out with a friend, things like that. So I needed to have space for them to find their clean clothes a little bit more efficiently so that they could do the job even more efficiently for them. And what was happening was we didn't have the space to hold the clean clothes. Those clean laundry bins, those clean, um, the laundry bins holding the clean clothes would sit in the middle of the hallway, not in the laundry room. I'll tell you why in a minute, but they would sit in the middle of the hallway. And if a day went by, where they didn't have a chance to get to it. I'm because I'm constantly doing laundry. Those clean laundry bins would get fuller and fuller and fuller. And should we ever have someone come over and need to come in the upstairs, we would put those into the laundry room, shut the door. And then guess what? Those clean laundry bins would then get muddled sometimes with stuff on the floor or the boys would pull out something from the dryer and would disrupt the clean things and it just became it became too much it became too much work for me to manage that and I felt like I was a clothes manager rather than a laundry doer (laughs) someone who does the laundry and I'm happy to wash the clothes I'm very happy to do that but I'm done putting them away for them they outgrew that and I needed a little bit more efficiency so here's what happened in a nutshell. And I do want you to go get the pictures, go look at the pictures on my blog so that you can see what it was I was dealing with. I show some before and then of course the after. But in the before, the shelf was too high. That's where I stored all my extra supplies, bleach, OxyClean, extra detergent, you name it. It was up there. Iron. And then there was a little space that held in between the wash and dryer and the door that held a triple hamper. And my children could not ever quite figure out which hamper was for which clothing item. We had lights, darks, and towels, and it just, they just never really figured it out. I never labeled it. I could have done that, but it was inefficient. It was, to say it was inefficient is really an understatement. It was not serving me well, but not only that, it didn't utilize any of uh, the upper space within the room. So you think about how high a washer and dryer is and you make a flat line to go across it, a flat plane, and that is pretty much as high as the if the storage system went, unless I put a laundry bin on top of it. It just, the, the space going up vertically was underutilized and I wanted to make change to make it a little bit more efficient for all of us. 
Not only that, it was not very pretty to look at. So there's my baseline. There is my background story. There is what I was ruminating over for about a year, how I could plan, how I could create, how I could design a space that would be more functional for me. Function trumps beauty all the time. But of course, if I'm making space, I'm not going to make a change and have it look janky. I want it to look nice as well. So function first, and then how did the design roll into that to make it feel like my style, my unique design aesthetic? How could I pull my personality into this space? And that's what you're going to see in the pictures. Five things I learned on this journey that I really want to make sure I remember the next time I do a project. And I really want them to be encouragements for you as you go into creating or recreating or designing or redesigning your next space in your own home. Here they are. The first thing is to always start with a starting budget. Starting budgets are critical for creating change within your home, creating change within one room in your home. But flexibility with that starting budget. Here's what I mean by that. My starting budget was $400, but I allowed flexibility to happen so that I could boost that budget if I needed to. If I found something I just couldn't resist, like the four baskets I found. Baskets are no joke. Those four baskets cost me $100. And if I would have allowed that budget to be the end-all be-all budget, I would have been left with $300. You're doing quick math here. (laughs) I would have been left with $300 to make all of the dramatic change that I did. And that's okay, but here's one approach. So I, I could have three approaches. One is it is not within my budget, so I'm not gonna do it. That is one approach and that is very fine. That's okay, that's an okay choice. The second approach is to, in my mind, in my mind, buying and going into debt over it and paying it off later, that is not an, a likely approach. So that is not going to be a consideration for me. But something that alternately could be is knowing I have $400. I'm going to utilize $400. Maybe I I don't. Maybe I have 75 left over, but I really want those baskets. And there's going to be some some way for me to hold that 75 and earn the extra 25. I'm going to just wait a little bit. It might be one week. It might be two weeks. It might be three months and that's okay, but I'm not necessarily going to give in to that. I need it. I need it today. I need it now. I need it. I'm going to wait and be patient for it, but I'm going to save that remaining budget, part of my budget, and not spend it because that happens, and then just save it until I get enough money to be able to purchase it on a timeline. I could have very easily used the plastic laundry bins that I already had because I already had one for each boy. I was already sorting their, their clean laundry, but I knew that those wicker baskets were going to be darling. They were going to make my room feel joyful. They were going to be helpful and efficient and wonderful for the boys. They don't care if it's wicker or plastic. They don't care. But guess who does care? I care. I care because I am in that room how many times a day? (laughs) A lot. A lot of times a day. I care. So two options. The third option was to be creative. The third option was to think, huh, 
what can I do in order to boost my $400 starting budget in order to get a little bit more to give me a little bit more of a cushion. And I did intentionally want to do that to showcase for you that there are ways to make that happen, ways to boost your budget in meaningful ways. And boosting can look like a $100 boost. Boosting can look like a $10 boost, but guess what? If you are starting with a a budget that is pretty limited anyway, do you know how much and how far $10 is going to stretch you? Yeah, it's going to do considerable. $10 would have bought me my lamp in there. $10 would have bought me two of my artworks. $10 would have bought me two of my detergent canisters. $10 would have bought one chunk. You can see one section detergent holders, lamp, artwork, it would have bought me something. It would have bought me four of my six hooks. It would have bought a considerable considerable amount. So don't negate the idea that $10 is, or, or I'm just saying $10, but it could be five, it could be 12, it could be 15. Don't negate that small amount. When you are starting with a limited budget and you are bound and determined to stick to it, that little boost is going to be incredibly helpful. Okay, before we move on, I'm going to give you three ideas of how you can boost your already starting budget. How can you boost it? The first one is to skip the luxury. What I mean by that is skip the habit that you have that is costing you a lot that you might not be entirely aware of. I can think of several honestly. I can think of several and you might fall into one of these categories. Skip the skip the going out to lunch or going out to drinks with your coworkers every day. Pack your own lunch. Instead of getting instead of going out to drinks, maybe just grab a water one time. Still go but just have a water. Skip the coffee line. Make it at home. Skip the idea that you are not meal planning. You are going to the grocery store every single day. And in doing so, you are overspending because you're not planning efficiently. Even skip the grocery store altogether. And I don't mean don't go to the grocery store and skip eating. Definitely don't do that. But what I mean is what happens if you order your groceries online? If you order your groceries online, you're not necessarily doing the go up and down each aisle and pick the thing that looks good. Or if your tummy is hungry while you're shopping, you're going to grab that extra thing. You are limited to what it is you need based on what it is you're going to be preparing that week or the next three days. If you skip that going to the grocery store part, you are probably going to save a considerable amount over time. Also, skip the dollar aisle at Target. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? The dollar section, the dollar section that has been increasing exponentially. Now it's $3 section, $5 section. Pretty soon it's going to be $7 section. Skip that section altogether and stick to your list. Skip that one luxury, whatever that one luxury is, and see what that looks like. See how much you might be able to save in a week's time, in a month's time, and that is going to boost your budget. The second thing that you can do is before you get started redesigning the room you're doing, declutter it. Get rid of all the things you know you are going to get 
you're not going to keep in the room's design, get rid of it. And not only just get rid of it because decluttering feels great, but get rid of it. See if you can sell it on Facebook Marketplace. Sell it at your friend's garage sale. Sell it somewhere so that you can recoup just a teeny tiny bit of that cost because you know you're going to donate it anyway. You're going to get rid of it. It's not going to be part of the new design. And it might not bring you a whole heck of a lot. But remember, it doesn't have to be a whole heck of a lot. It can be 10 bucks. It can be 20 bucks. It can be 30 bucks. And that can be stretched so incredibly much. And the third thing is to flip over the couch cushions. I'm being facetious in this. I'm not being literal. But what I mean is, do you have gift cards that you have been saving for that special occasion? Do you have birthday money that, oh, I forgot about that. Do you have those rebate cards that have come via your email that you have long forgotten about? Do you have that jar that you are collecting the coins when you find them in the wash or on the street? For me, it was a gift card collection. For some reason, those gift cards are my someday items. They are the, you know what, I will spend this someday when that special item just happens to pop along. And you know what happens? That someday is long forgotten because I move on, I am busy, and I forget. And those gift cards are cash just waiting there to be spent. So don't forget to look in those emails for the rebates, look in those Uh, emails for the coupons that you've received when you've bought the $25 worth of cleaning supply at Target and you've gotten the $5 gift card. Don't forget that stuff. That is going to help you considerably. The second thing that I learned from this $400 laundry room refresh that I'm going to take to heart the next time I do a room redo. And one thing I want to caution you and encourage you for is this old adage measure twice, cut once. And I don't just mean in the literal sense, measuring and cutting. I mean in the think about it before you actually do it. Think about it before you tap in the nail, before you screw in the screw, before you paint the stencil upside down, an entire wall of stenciled upside down stenciled birds. Think about it. That was me. This mistake, because I was so wanting to finish it in a timeline, you know, I wanted to finish it in one month is what my goal was. And that one month came and went and I got back into the routine of school with the boys. I got back into life. I took a new class. I'm studying with this class. I'm doing all the things. And the laundry room became further down my priority list when it it really should have been done. And as I was putting aside a little bit of time here and a little bit of time there to work on and continue the laundry room project, I realized that I was making hasty decisions that were actually costing me more time. Thankfully, not more money, but they they could have. They were costing me way more time. And what could have then been done, you know, in in one extra week was done in two extra weeks because I was too hasty. So be mindful of slowing down, taking a breath, and double checking. Double checking. Is your stencil upside right? <laughs> Are you measuring that wood correctly? 
Did you measure it correctly twice, three times, four times before you actually cut it? Be mindful of that. My third takeaway and encouragement for you is to start with a plan. You heard me mention that I had been thinking about doing this laundry room for about a year. A year. And you don't need to take that long when you're thinking about the plan. But creating a plan is going to help you stick with the budget that you have. And it's going to help you stay on track with the ideas that you had in mind. And of course, there are some times when you need to be flexible with the ideas and modify as you go, and that's to be expected. But if you don't go in with a plan and you start making decisions, you can end up in that camp of spending too much money because you didn't quite know what you were going getting into, or modifying the plan so much because you have a brand new idea that you end up then spending too much money. Starting with a plan doesn't just mean drawing it out, though I do strongly encourage you to do that. Even if you think, I'm a terrible drawer, draw it out, get whatever ideas you have in your mind on paper so that you can start working with that. But planning doesn't stop there. Planning, if you are working with such a limited budget, planning is also going to require doing some price checking. And that price checking is actually an important part of creating that starting budget. I didn't just create an arbitrary $400 budget, though I had in mind, I want to keep around this much. What can I do with it? But if you have in mind that you need a bookshelf, for example, and bookshelves cost $500, but you only have a $100 project budget, those two things are not going to align. So you want to be really mindful of creating your starting budget around the price checking you're doing in your planning phase. Planning is going to help save time and save money. So make sure that you're not only creating it, but you're referring back to it as well. That's something I'm going to keep in mind the next project I have. The fourth takeaway I have is something that I've mentioned before on the podcast, and that is to shop your house. This is a takeaway that, and an encouragement for you, that I I absolutely love. I love it because you can feel so incredibly resourceful using the things that you already have. And sometimes when you move an item that you're kind of thinking, "Eh, it's not my favorite anymore, and you move it into a new space, you see it in a whole new light. I went through and itemized all of the products that I used in the laundry room refresh and I put it on my blog and you'll see what I thrifted, what I purchased new, what I shopped from my house. And I have a, an, a column that was by far the longest. Are you curious what it is? You might think thrift because you can get items really inexpensively and thrifting. I did a little bit. I was able to get four items for the laundry room refresh, but where I curated most of my product was shopping my own home. I even had some of these items in in mind in my initial plan. I knew that I wanted to use a couple pieces of art and a rug. I knew that that was in one of those preview videos that I shared with you at the beginning. The idea that I wanted to design my room around these things that I already had so that I could keep costs down, but my list was really long. And I'm going to rattle off just a few things here that I shopped the house with. The rug, two artworks, 
the garbage basket, the little um, ceramic bin that holds my dryer balls, lots of wood. I use lots of wood, lots of paint, lots of paint supplies, all of my attachments like glue, caulking, screws, nails, all of those I I shopped the house for. I already had those on hand. The basket for my light, I changed out my light fixture. I used that. I had a lot of things that I grabbed from the home and just reused it in a different way. And that saved me. If I were to add up all of the money that I I saved, probably about $200 that way. I didn't spend it because I already had at one point. The fifth takeaway for doing this laundry room refresh and an encouragement for you is to be brave and to take a risk. Risk is going to look so different for every single one of you. For some, it might just mean painting the wall. For others, it might mean replacing the baseboard or painting the baseboard. Even others, it might mean trying your hand at changing out a light fixture. Whatever that risk is for you, take it step into it. And before you do that, I want you to ask yourself, what is the worst thing that could happen? And I don't just mean this figuratively. I mean, literally ask yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen? Let me give you a couple ideas of the risks I took in this laundry room refresh. One of them was changing out the light fixture. I wasn't entirely a fan of the builder grade light fixture that the house came with. I wasn't changing out the the electrical part of it. I was just taking down the mount, the part, the glass part that you see on the outside. And instead I was putting up a basket. I turned the basket upside down. I cut a hole in it. I cut off the rim around the edge. I made it a little smaller. Before I did that, I literally asked myself, what is the worst that can happen? Well, in this case, the worst that can happen would be, I don't like it, and I have to put the glass fixture back in. Not a terrible risk, but it looks different. It's unexpected. It is definitely my style, but it is just unexpected. And the worst that can happen if I don't like it is not terrible. A few years ago, I painted the interior of my front door, and I painted it black, and I remember sitting in the dining room, looking at the front door and thinking literally, what is the worst that can happen? I think this door is calling for something different than white. It has white trim. I have a light gray wall. I think it's calling for something a little bit different and bold. What is the worst that can happen if I don't like it? I paint it. That literally is the worst that can happen. So ask yourself that and sit with the answer. And if you're okay with what the worst that can happen is, the work that might need to be done to remediate it, then go for it. Do it. Give it a try. And you'll be glad that you did. So there you have it. Five takeaways and encouragements for you as you take on your next room refresh. As you tackle a room in your home that you've been wanting to tackle for a while. What is it? What is it going to be? A quick recap. Here they are. The first one is to choose a start starting budget, but be flexible, remembering that there are, are ways, even the teeny tiniest little ways, that you can boost your starting budget just a little bit. Sometimes it means earning a little bit of money by skipping the luxury, and sometimes it just means adjusting your timeline so that you get the thing a little bit later. Or the second takeaway that I have for you and encouragement is to measure twice and cut once. 
don't be hasty in those times when you are attaching something to the wall, you're cutting something to attach to the wall, or you are stenciling an upside down bird. (laughs) The third takeaway and encouragement for you is to start with a plan. Starting with a plan and sticking with it is going to save you time and money. The fourth takeaway, shop the house, see what you already have, see if you can reimagine it, re-envision it in a new light. You might just be surprised with how much you like it in the new space. And the fifth thing, my very, very favorite, is to not be afraid of taking a risk. But before you do, make sure you ask yourself that very good question, What is the worst that can happen in case you don't quite like it? I hope those takeaways are encouraging for you as you begin your next project. Now, before we go, I have been alluding to something that is behind the scenes that I cannot wait to tell you about. Do you wish there was a way to take what you see on Pinterest or HGTV and recreate it in your own home? Creating a cozy, cohesive space that flows seamlessly from room to room? I remember what it feels like to walk through my front door and want to turn right back around again, to feel restless and unsettled and a little uninspired. Like, I know that there are changes that need to be made, but I just didn't know where to start or what to do. Imagine if there was a roadmap for you to follow, a guide for you to know what changes to make and when to make them. And imagine those changes not costing more than your most recent trip to Target. That's why I created Decorating SOS a home decorating coaching call where I help you step out of overwhelm and start creating a comfortable, cohesive looking home. A home that you are excited to come home to. A home that you stop and stare in the amazement of what you just created. You'll be able to take the brave first step of starting, taking one step then another toward having the lovely home you dream about from the images you keep pinning on Pinterest. Only this home is yours. You'll walk away with a rock-solid idea of what you want your home to look and feel like and a design action plan to help you get there with accountability and support from me along the way. So if you're ready to take that brave first step out of design overwhelm and into action, creating the home that you've only dreamed about, why wait? Why wait any longer? I have five spots available for a buy one, get one design coaching call. Five spots for busy mamas who are tired of pinning and who are ready to take action. And I'm wondering if one of those spots is for you. If you're ready to take action, head to figandfarmathome.com forward slash book a call. The link will be in the show notes and I can't wait to see you there. The first five who book get that introductory offer, buy one, get one free. And I hope it's you. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? that would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.